CougarFan.com, Rise and Shout Podcast, episode 435. Get all of your BYU sports news at CougarFan.com. Matt, we beat Boise. Yeah, we did on their stupid blue turf. We destroyed them on their stupid blue Smurf turf. We destroyed them and their stupid blue turf. By the way, I thought their black unis were pretty sweet, though. They were pretty cool. They were pretty cool. I mean, they would have looked better on a normal colored turf, but that's cool. <laughs> as as it always would, Matt, as it always would. Well, let's uh, start out with a uh, tweet from Jared Burge, B- at BYU Burge on Twitter. Am I saying that right? I don't know. Tweet bag. I don't know. It's not what, This is the tweet bag. This is the opening. But you're pulling it How out. How dare you? Tw- but, but it's a tw- Ah, stupid. All right. How dare you? You're going to have to do it again, you know. You have to yeah, do it again. Toot. I just did it backwards, so I took it back. <laughs> Is that the first time you've ever done that? It's the first time I've done that, but I had to take it back. What was my option? Uh, you you got to take it back. You got to take it back. All right. He says, long-time listener, first-time tweet bagger. Jared, welcome to the tweet bag, even though it's not the tweet bag. Don't See, now you're calling it the tweet bag. Uh, he called it sorts. the tweet bag. I didn't say anything. Jared doesn't know where he is in the agenda. You can't hold Jared responsible for that. I am holding Jared responsible. Jared, you have been That's a ridiculous standard. He said, recently moved to Texas from Utah. Congratulations. Actually, condolences. Welcome to God's country. Oh, good gravy. Stop that Actually, garbage. no. Actually, that's that's the phrase I used to refer to Louisiana. So Yeah, yeah. All right. One of the first restaurants, he said, he writes, I tried as soon as I could was hashtag Torchy's Tacos because Matt's, Matt speaks so highly of it. I've now been a few times, and I've had some great tacos. However, I'm having difficulty deciding what my favorite is. Do you guys have a favorite that I should try? Hashtag Tweetbag. Hashtag Torchy's Tacos. So, Matt, what's your favorite? You've mentioned this, I think, on the podcast. Yeah, so my favorite is the uh, the the uh, trailer park. Trashy. But I prefer to have it served trashy. Trashy. Which means they remove the lettuce and cover it, slather it in queso. Um, it's That's pretty good. That they do a taco of the month in the fall that is actually their best taco. Um, and it's uh, it's called the tailgater. And it's and it's ridiculous. But if you're super hungry, Jared, if you just gotta like work up a real hunger. Walk in there off the secret menu and order yourself the ace of spades. It's basically got everything on it: sausage. Scrambled eggs. I think there's some brisket in there. I mean, it's ridiculous. Really? I've never done that. How yeah, hungry it's do like you the, have to be? Just oh, order one. Because uh, I typically end up doing yeah, two tacos. Yeah, you don't need another taco if you get the ace. Okay, maybe I'll do that next time. See, you know what? I found a friend of mine pointed this out to me. I'll get two tacos, but I'll order the second one in a bowl. You feel a little bit less full afterwards. It's nice. Yeah, I don't even know. And what then you've you're got plenty about. of room for queso and chips. I, I still don't know what you're talking about, but and the queso, Jared, you've got to try the queso uh, hillbilly style, which means they put the chorizo in there. Very good, very good. So uh, mine is Trailer Park Trashy, per your recommendation. That's my favorite. I've tried a few others. I haven't had a bad taco there yet. Um, and, I'm intrigued by the November taco of the month, which is the chili wagon. The chili wagon. I've not wagon? tried it yet. Mm, yeah, that sounds good. It's got New Mexico red chili stewed chicken with a fried poblano pepper strip, onions, avocado sauce, fresh cilantro, and a lime wedge. Wow, that does sound good. I'm going to 
actually I'm have to go have this. I may go get one right that's, now. Are they close yet? That's good. That's good. They have one in Wichita. I think I mentioned this on the show before, didn't I? It's brilliant, actually. Opened one in Wichita. We're very excited. We've been twice already. All right, Matt. Well, it's now time for the actual tweet bag. Tweet bag. Brought to you by Dr. Pepper with vanilla. Mm. Our podcast is in no way officially affiliated with Dr. Pepper. Where has Sonic been all my life? Uh, just down the street, probably. probably. Almost your entire life. The Dr. Pepper but there. But I don't remember there being a Sonic in Massachusetts. No, it wasn't. There were no drive-ins. And there weren't Sonics in Minnesota either. Drive-ins, you know, could only be open six weeks a year there. So. Makes sense. Yeah, you don't Yeah, you, the Dr. Pepper there tastes different, huh? It's like, it's like uh, McDonald's. They just do it right. I mean, they're a drink place, right? Go in there and you can have your add-ins and stuff. The tots are good. Uh, anyway. Um, why are we talking about all this food? Tim Jacobson sent us an email. Of course, if you want to email the show, you can do that at riseandshoutpod at gmail.com. Tim said this, with a bye coming up, it's a good opportunity to preview basketball. Give us your take on the team this year and what would be your starting lineup and next three subs. Uh, we're punting on this question, Matt. We've got like 85 tweet back questions about football. So, sorry, Tim. Next time. Wow. Caleb Loner. Next. <laughs> Caleb Loner. Next. I will tell you this much. We will do some basketball talk next week because there's no need to preview North Alabama. Okay, right? But we're going to go ahead and talk this week about a bye. That that just that makes no sense. All right, we're, driving we're not, on. We're not talking about a bye. There's all sorts of good questions. All right. All right, Penny. There's great. There's a good discussion to be had about the women's basketball team right now. Oh, for sure. Is it, for why sure. is nobody asking us out? Some I challenge somebody to give us a good women's basketball tweet bag question next week because I I actually want to talk about it. Well, just send it your own one like I do sometimes. Matt from Texas. Matt from Texas. Oh, yeah. Matt. Yeah, he's he's an idiot. All right, Lena from Kansas sent us an email. Huh? This person seems very intelligent. And great yeah, parentage, I would say. Probably genetic. Probably genetic. She writes, Rise and Shout podcast. If you could pick three people to come onto the podcast on the next episode that have coached or played for BYU, what three coaches and or players would you pick and why? And of course, anyone gets confused. This is my eldest daughter that sent in her first tweet bag question. Welcome to the tweet bag, Lena. A little clap Welcome. there for you. All right, so Matt, if you could pick three people to come onto the podcast, who would you want to see, past or present? Do they have to be alive? She didn't. She didn't say. She didn't say. So I'm going to assume that they don't. That's a great do assumption. To, do we need to clarify that? Do, well, should I mean, we clarify she's in that? The next room, but I think uh, I think we'll just not clarify. You go by your own rules, buddy. All right, I very quickly get to my top two here. Okay, and. And the first one's going to shock you. Shane Merbrick. No, but he's my third. My first one was Steve Sarkeesian. Oh, I should have gotten so Sarkeesian. So I would go Steve Sarkeesian, Jim McMahon, Shane Merbrick. Okay. I'm going to assume, I assumed they were living, okay? Yeah, and, all of mine are living, actually. So um, I, Jim McMahon would be on my list, for sure. He would just be entertaining. Glenn Kozlowski, also from the 80s would be on my list and then my last one with just having seen him interviewed recently and it's total recency bias is zach wilson 
He does a great job he's on these very, national interviews. He's very good. He's done very good. He's, he's he is making himself some money. Well, he just seems like relaxed. Like you know, you saw him interviewed last year, and obviously it wasn't national; it was all local stuff. But and the year before, and he just—I mean, he was eighteen, right? Uh, his freshman year, so that's part of it. But he just seemed a little nervous and tense, right? And now he's totally relaxed, like he looks on the football field most of the time. To be honest, right? He looks totally relaxed and. The whole Bachelorette thing has become like a thing, and it's hilarious. I mean, I don't watch The Bachelorette, but it's hilarious that he and these guys are watching The Bachelorette. It's fantastic. I find it hilarious. Yeah. Uh, the so, whole thing's very fun, and he yeah. has he's done a great job. I think teams are really going to like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and so are people that write checks to players for endorsements. Yep. He, um. Alex Cook has an email question for us, or a couple of them, actually. His first one is, what team would you be most excited for to draft Wilson? As a 49ers fan, I would love to see them and would love to see Wilson under Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan Arana. All right, Matt, what uh, what team? And let's, let's take the Patriots off because nobody wants Aww. to hear us talk about how the Patriots are a really good quarterback away from being, again, a dominant team in the NFL, which is probably not true, by the way. You just destroyed everything that I had to say. 49ers is a good fit, though. 49ers could be a very good fit. Uh, I know I don't want him to go to the Jets. Well, he won't go to the Jets because Trevor Lawrence, they're going to try to ruin his career. career, So, Uh, What about Chicago? Uh, Chicago could be a good fit. I mean, you think right now everybody's saying that um, everybody's saying he's going to go in the top ten. So if we look at today, the top 10 in order is the Jets, Jacksonville. Okay, the Jets are going to draft um, Lawrence. Trevor okay? Lawrence, right. Jacksonville is going to draft Trevor Lawrence if they're at the top spot. I, I, You know, will they want Fields at number two? I don't know. Dallas and the Giants probably don't go quarterback. Um, what about Washington? They don't go. They go quarterback, right? Could be Washington. They probably go quarterback. Chargers yeah. don't need one. Houston doesn't need one. Cincinnati doesn't need one. Carolina. What's the status of Deshaun Watson's contract situation? You. I feel like I should know this. I feel like he's got another year or two, so you don't draft a quarterback in the top ten if they okay. stay in that spot. Uh, Carolina and Atlanta. I, Bridgewater, you could see them going after quarterback. And Atlanta might at this point because they're kind of a hot mess, though they've won two in a row, so they may not be in this discussion. But if you look at teams hovering just outside of that range, another one is Minnesota. Um, But San Francisco, I don't know if he's around at 15, judging by the way people are evaluating him today. Yeah, I mean, you got to think, right? Like, so is he the third quarterback to go? Lawrence and Fields, I think, both go before him. He's the third quarterback to go, right? So, fifteen teams in, uh, and those teams, yeah, he I, may not be around. I don't think he's around by the time Minnesota, New England, or San Francisco. I hope he is be- from a winning standpoint because I think it gives him a better shot at success. Because let's keep this in mind: his chances of being a 
big success in the NFL are not high. Most quarterbacks do not become a big become pro bowlers, right? They do not win Super Bowls. So it's I mean, look at Alex Smith. He ended up being a decent quarterback. He it was a disaster in San Francisco when he got drafted because that team was terrible. The organization was terrible, and that's what I feel like is gonna could happen to Lawrence. Well, if it's the Jets, yeah, like it's gonna it's gonna mess up your whole career. So, yeah, yeah, could. could but if and if you're Lawrence, I don't you know. And we've talked about this before. If you're Lawrence and you lose a couple games here to COVID, do you go? Or do you decide? Or and now that you lost the Notre Dame game, and you may, you know, we talked about this, but you know, you may not. What if who's, you don't get into the playoffs? Who's the last big guy that you come did, back next year? Who's the last big guy that stayed for next year? Who could be? Who's guaranteed to be the number one pick? Was it Manning? Is it that far ago? Uh, maybe. I don't think it's happened recently. But who was the last guy that turned into a Pro Bowler that that left early? That left early? A bunch of them have, haven't they? I don't know. I feel like the guys who become the very good quarterbacks. I would have to go back and look. But like Russell Wilson, he didn't leave early. That's true, but he was drafted. Manning didn't leave early. You know, Manning didn't leave early. Alex Smith, did he? Was he early? And but he was a disaster in the beginning. Like right, so that that's that's not he he had it took him around to get to to get to the right team. Kyler Murray. Um, So did he leave early? He's looking pretty good. Yeah, but he, he's, that one's a little early. That one's Mahomes did not leave early, right? He was a senior. Yeah, yeah. Goff, I can't remember with Goff and Wentz did not. Um, let's see, Winston did. Mariota didn't, right? Didn't he stay? I don't remember, but Winston is. You're you're proving my point. Uh. The guys who left early didn't pan out. Oy, you are kind of proving. Andrew Luck, he stayed. And he, until he got hurt, he, he did prove out, right? He was a very good quarterback. Goff played three years. Yeah, Goff played three years. He went early. And jury might be still out on him. Yep. But he's probably a good example. I mean, he's turned into a good quarterback. He hasn't been a disaster. Right? He's not like Patrick Winston. Mahomes. Well, yeah, but, I mean, let's take Mahomes and, like, Manning out of this for a second, right? Because that's otherworldly. I mean, you hope you get that guy. You're just happy if you get Andrew Luck, right? Newton, he came out early. He was pretty darn good. Bradford. Okay, that one's fair. He came out early, didn't he? Mm. Mm-hmm. That, that didn't work out so much. Huh. Man, you are kind of right. I hate to agree with you. Yeah. Huh. Well, so I so but but the thing is, if I am a if if whatever reason I'm a Zach Wilson personal advisor and he were to ask me what he should do, I say you strike while the iron's hot, man. Oh yeah, so Wilson's somebody's going to somebody's going to cut you a huge check and it you're Now, then, but the question becomes: Like, does that does that other year prepare players better for the transition to the NFL? I don't know. I feel like there's some data that that suggests that it does. Yeah, yeah. There's some but data a lo- there. But a lot of this, you would have to. You but the other, you'd have to cross this. You'd have to take this and, and put it across where these guys ended up. 
right? Because yeah. guys that go early tend to do so because their stock is super high and they get picked in the top five, 10 picks or whatever. And they go to crappy teams like the Jets. Um, and, you know, like what what happened to Sam Darnold, right? Now, yeah. I'm not convinced that Sam Darnold was ever really a world beater anyway, but th- we'll never know. Well, the, the other problem is these guys are stretching on a lot of these guys. You and I made fun of Josh Allen a ton, right? W- that the that the Bills stretched, and he actually has turned out to be okay, right? Not world beater, but okay. I think what happens now is everyone's stretching to try to— nobody wants to let Russell Wilson go to the third round anymore, right? So if anybody projects even 20% chance that they'll be above average NFL starter, people take him in the top 15. I mean, look at Mahomes. Mahomes is like the— how do you feel if you're everybody that picked before and let Mahomes go to an already good team? Right. Right? Right. Now, only one quarterback was picked before him, Mitchell Trubisky, and you got to do that. If you got a chance to draft Trubisky and get him Mahomes, you got to do that every day, right? Was Trubisky early? <laughs> Trubisky. Did Trubisky leave early? I don't think so. I think he was. A senior, but I'd have to look that up. Um, but you you look at Mahomes' 10th and Deshaun Watson' 12th that year, and nobody wants to let those those guys three years later go before that, right? Uh, go that late again. But anyway, all right, moving on. Alex's second email question. There's, anyway, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we're that's a whole we we got it. We got to keep moving here, buddy. We got tons. We're 17 minutes in. We haven't even talked about Boise yet. Uh, what are the odds we keep Grimes as the offensive coordinator next year? If we do lose Grimes, do we promote Roderick or go out and find someone else? Um, we've talked about this before. You're on record, if I remember right, of saying you think he's going to leave. I'm on record as saying I think he's going to stay. I-, I think it could go either way. Um, I feel stronger, more likely now that he's going to leave. Yeah, the high-profile stuff. Somebody's going to offer him more money to just to be an offensive yeah. coordinator. I could be a head coach, but it won't be a P5 head coach unless it's a crappy P5 program. I think you could get offered a job like the Utah State job as the head coach. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I um, think but, you could get something when like you that. Take, when you take an offense like we had last year and you take a, this kid like Zach Wilson who and the way he performed last year and you start putting up these kinds of numbers, people are going to take notice. And then the thing that Jeff Grimes has that – on his resume that maybe some of these other guys that have come through uh, in the last several years did not have is he, he showed up at BYU with some, uh, uh, with, with some big time experience. P5 right? experience. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, so I, you promote I, think, Roderick, I think he's got an attractive way. resume and you're pro- the more important thing is because what does it matter where he goes? Right. Where Grimes goes, we don't care. You promote Roderick. Yes. That's what you do. That's what you do. Uh, Chris Gregory has a tweet bag question for us at Balance Digital on Twitter. He says, as we continue to see amazing performances by Dax Milne and Gunnar Romney, has either moved into your top 10 all-time of BYU wideouts? That's a great question. Here's the other thing. Zach Wilson's season, amazing season, a huge part of that is receivers making great catches. I mean, he's putting the ball in the right spots, but he is, it's amazing. 
what some of the, some of the catches these guys made. Milne, Romney in particular, but also there have been a couple of really good catches by Pau, Isaac Rex, Carter Wheat. You know, so there's been a lot. Anyway, uh, top 10 for you yet, Matt, either of these guys? Uh, maybe. You know, if you look just statistically, um, I, uh, top 10? Yeah, I, I think they could vote. I think they'd start. To, I think Gunner starts to vie for that. Dax may not have the consistency over seasons um, to really to really break through on that for me. But um, yeah, but Gunner I may. I don't think either of them are top ten yet. Um, I don't think either of them are top ten yet. They for for a career, right? If we're talking top ten seasons, yes. They could be in the discussion for that. They just don't have the volume. And part of that is not their fault, seeing that the offense is underperformed most of the time they've been here. Um, right? I just think, you know, Milne is 67th in catches in BYU history, right? Uh, Romney is what? Uh, not that Romney is 66th in catches. They both have 76, so they're the same, right? They're not anywhere close to the top in yards, right? Or touchdowns. I just, I no, I think it's too early. They're having amazing seasons, though. But would you put them over Hoffman? No. No, that's kind of what I'm running through, right? Cauley, like- Drage, um, Hooks. Bellini, Odell, a different era, kind of hard to compare, but he put up some really big numbers in the 60s. Um, The other Bellini, Hudson, Kozlowski. I mean, that's where you're hitting Kozlowski and And Mitch Matthews. That's the group that they're coming into at the moment, but they're not there yet. Not all time. If we're talking seasons... I mean, they're going to have a tough time with that too because of the shorter season. Well, even, yeah, and they and you they'd have to get up into seventy or eighty catches, even to to, to crack that for a season. Um, right. And I just don't know that they're not going to get the volume over the next two or three games. They're to not going to get the volume over the next two or three games. I mean, they're having great seasons, uh, and I guess it also depends on what you mean by. Top 10, right? Do you mean skill-wise or do you mean career and what they accomplished? And they're not there yet. But they both have... I don't think either of them are going pro this year, by the way. I've heard people say that, and I think uh, I think we got to slow our roll on that. I think both of them will be playing for BYU next year. Um, our brother Don has this question. Where would you rank this year's Boise State game in the history of BYU football games? Well, it Ooh. depends, right? It depends on what you mean. Like we talked about last week that it was the biggest game in 20-plus years, right? So you got to put it top 20, right? Is it top 20 game? Oh, it's probably top 15. Yeah, probably. I mean, I'm it's not about bigger than the, the Holiday Bowl or the Miracle Bowl or the Cotton Bowl. It's not bigger than the Oklahoma game. Agree? Disagree? 
That one's actually tough for me. Um, that is tough. No, it's not bigger than the Oklahoma game. Miami game. No, no, not even close. Um, part of this is also the is the game higher up if it had been dramatic, or is it higher up because we kicked the crap out of a really good team on the road? I I was thinking of I'm thinking about it in terms of its impact on the team season. Like, what yeah. did it do for that team season? Right, right. And you know, and beating number three ranked Oklahoma as a as a number as ranked number twenty to open up your season on a neutral field is pretty good. But when I look at that and I think that this game is close, I mean, that game's a top 10 win of all time. Yeah. yeah. And so if this game's, if I look at this Boise state game and I look and I say, look, the impact to that for this win, this, if we get into a new year, six bowl game, this win is the thing on the resume that made that possible. Yeah. So, do I think it's as good as the Oklahoma win? Yeah. So I, I feel like it's got to be at least 15, top 15, if not top 10. Yeah, it's it's a big game for us because of where it sits in the season and what it meant to the potential of the rest of the season, right? This win opens up a potential New Year's Six and an outside, albeit small shot, I believe, at a college football playoff, right? Without this win, you don't get that. You needed to beat at least one and, and it doesn't matter that they may not end up being top 25. Everyone will forget that, okay? The point is, the other thing is, nobody's beaten them there in a long time. And they haven't been blown out at home since before you and I had kids, right? Like, they don't no, get... No, that feels like so long ago. They, they don't get beat at home so like that when they when they have gotten beat there. So, um, I'm so with would you, you, if I think about it, like... If I think about it that way, so how would you rate this against 1984's victory over Pitt? That the Pitt's game's got to be higher up. Close? It would depend. Part of this depends on what it ends up setting up. If this sets up us going yes. to the college football playoff, then yes. If it doesn't, then no. Right? I, I To me, the New Year's Six just can't compete with the fact that we won a national championship, right? I know the system's totally different now, and it's like apples and oranges, but um, but I so think I you're think right. This, I think it's top this, 15. I think what this means, though, is if they went out and go to a New Year's Six game, I believe this is a top 10 win. Could be. Yes, could be a top 10 win. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, Torin Forsberg on Facebook, and of course you want to join a conversation on Facebook, you can do that at facebook.com slash write and shout. He says, what is the biggest contributor to BYU success this season? Quarterbacks, wide receivers, offensive line, or coaching? I realize that all of these have contributed, but what do you both see as the most influential factor? So on the offensive side of the ball, Matt, are you giving who are you giving the game ball, if you will, for the season? Quarterbacks, wide receivers, offensive line, or coaching? Quarterbacks. You gotta give it to Wilson, right? Uh, yeah. I, I I mean, to me, it goes in this order. Quarterbacks, offensive lines, coaching, and wide receivers. And it's hard to separate those because coaching is very different than the other three because coaching influences all of them, and they all influence each other. But that's how I would order. But Wilson's play is is amazing. Well, I think when you, when you look at Wilson, Wilson is the type of player that makes the players around him better. So he's putting the football in spots that a lesser quarterback could not. 
Um, now, I, I I agree that Dax and Gunner are great receivers, and I think we've got some, we've got some good skills players on this team. But he is making throws that we've not seen a quarterback make in at least a very long time. And so that I, and so that makes that elevates the play of those receivers. And I think what's interesting here is against the backdrop of what happened against Boise State. You remember when they got their third string quarterback in there, whatever his name was, and uh, he couldn't figure out when he was supposed to flush out of the pocket, when he was supposed to stand yeah, in the pocket. Yeah. So he's flushing out of the pocket and getting jacked up. And then the second half, they're like, no, you got to stand in there. So he stood in there and he got jacked up. Like that offensive line wasn't sure what they were doing to help that kid out, right? And it was it's more of a commentary, what I saw, I feel like was more of a commentary on that quarterback than on the offensive line. And I don't mean to pile on that kid because he was like 16 years old or whatever. He was, a but, he was a return missionary. He wasn't 16 years old. Anyway, anyway, but he's a true freshman is, mm. was my point. So, but I think that that right there kind of shows you what having a good quarterback who knows what he's doing and is confident in the pocket does for an offensive line. So and uh, th- but this offensive line is amazing. They're great, and they're one of the better offensive lines that I think we've had in years. But they their game is elevated by having a quarterback who is so well, uh, so with such high football IQ. Okay, let me give you let me give you a few factoids. Okay, if Zach Wilson finishes his passer rating today. It'd be the highest passer rating in the history of BYU, eclipsing Jim McMahon's 1980 season. If Zach Wilson continues on his current trend, okay, he's had he's been sacked six times. Do you know how many times Ty Detmer was sacked in 1989? 37. Ooh. Sarkeesian was sacked 22 times. Ty Detmer in 91 was sacked 31 times. Okay, we don't have for in I think it's eighty nine is the they don't have the sack numbers from before that, so I don't know. But McMahon was sacked a fair amount, though he was a pretty mobile guy when he was healthy. Zach Wilson is having an otherworldly season, but I'll give a little pitch for the offensive line. In the second half, they didn't get anywhere near Zach. He had a couple of plays with I'm thinking of the one where it was Romney or Milne that came back to the ball when he had forever to throw it. Oh, yeah, I remember the play, but I can't remember. So, I mean, he had forever. Wilson is otherworldly. This offensive line, this is the best offensive line play we've had in 15 years. So, I, I mean, those you put a great quarterback behind a really good offensive line and special things just happen, right? They just happen. But I will give a big shout out to wide receivers. We've had very few drops this year. So, and obviously the amazing catches we already talked about. Um, next question comes from Eric. That's at Eric or Eric on Twitter. He says, First Boise, we played a complete game. So much, in fact, it's a little hard to see our flaws. In the spirit of humility, let's say we play a New Year's Six or college football playoff bowl against an Alabama or an Ohio State. What is BYU's biggest weakness against those complete teams and BYU's biggest strength? Would you like to go first or second on this one? So uh, I'll go I'll go ahead and go first, and I'm going to start Fire with away, the big buddy. weakness, and then maybe right. you can go first on strength. How's that? That's so the, the big weakness I see against going, say, in Alabama or, or, or Ohio State 
would be our ability to – this is going to sound like I'm trying to get a two for here, but um, <laughs> our ability to hold coverage long enough to get to the quarterback. And so what I'm talking about there is against those two teams, you're not getting home with a three-man rush. You're not getting home with a four-man rush. I, I don't even with I think that may be true even with a healthy Tonga and I'm not and the speed on the outside makes me nervous so I don't know that you could put together the right combination of what you would need in a pass rush that would still leave you with the correct personnel in the defensive backfield to keep your receivers covered so that you know because you're gonna have to you're gonna have to blitz from the corner and some other things to get at these guys and they're just going to throw to where the blitz came from. And I don't know that we have the speed to make up for that. Yeah. Against the opponents we've played so far this year, we've been able to do that, or we've been able to make the adjustment and the coverage in the second half, i.e. the Houston game, you know, switching over to man, and it, and it was okay. You can't make an adjustment like that in the second half against one of these two teams because you, you'll already be down by three scores. Yeah, uh, that's a great one. I'm going to say this. I think our biggest weakness would be protecting as much as I just praise the offensive line, would be keeping Zach Wilson on his feet. I mean, if you're going to beat us, probably the best way to do it is to get Zach Wilson moving. He has done very well out of the pocket this year, but put a lot of pressure on Wilson. And I think that would... It's not our biggest weakness. I just think that's what teams would do. And I don't know if we, after a season of not playing against elite pass rushers, if we were playing Clemson, if we could or Ohio State if we could defend that, right? I think that would be that would be hard. I'll go first on the biggest strength. The biggest strength is Wilson's legs and arm, but his ability it's it's the mitigation for the weakness I just meant. If he can sense the pressure coming and move so that he can throw outside of the pocket but not under pressure, you know what I mean? Cuz there's outside of the pocket where you stepped out of it and you've got time and it creates time and there's outside of the pocket, oh my gosh, someone's about to destroy me, right? And I think if he could do that, that mitigates that potential that potential weakness. What's your strength? If everybody's healthy, I, I want to say the biggest strength is the run game. So the mm. ability, I believe this offensive line could open up holes for three yards a carry plus uh, against any against anybody. And uh, so as long as you've got a healthy Algier and Katoa, I think that the, that a good productive running game opens up opportunities uh, for Zach Wilson and also helps control the football. Yeah. Um, so I, that, I, I see that as long as but I need it. You need the whole offensive line to be healthy and you need both Algier and Katoa for that to work. Yeah. Um, next question is from Chase Blyle versus, via email. And have we even gotten out of the tweet bag yet? We haven't even got man. It's a lot of questions. I don't think we Thanks, do, I don't think we get out of the tweet bag. For no, the, this all, is going to be night. all tweet bag. Yeah, all tweet bag all night um, or day, whenever you're listening. Chase Blyle says, with the high profile, and Chase had a bunch of questions. Some of them were repeats. So sorry, Chase. I, I uh, nixed a few of them. With the high profile play of current BYU players in college and alumni in the NFL, Taysom Jamal, Fred Warner, Vinoy, Michael Davis, Daniel Sorensen. Hey, don't forget Harvey Longy. He had that one play where he whiffed on sacking Newton and then made the tackle 15 yards down the field. Did you see that one? Yeah, yeah that was pretty cool. <laughs> um, compared to the non-existence of Utah's football program in college and the NFL, BYU's recruiting stock in Utah has to have skyrocketed this year, right? 
We've got a couple of guys, but I would say I, I I've said this before and I'll say it so I'm not gonna switch like a politician here. I don't think it has as much impact on recruiting as people think it does, the NFL piece. I think it is always overstated. Do you think this is having a big effect? Or uh, no, I I think well, what I think what makes a difference is winning football games. Kids want to play for a winner. Yes, some of them, many of them have aspirations to play at the next level, right? But in the end, you can play you can play at the next level if you play at Utah or if you play at BYU. Um, I do think it's funny that five years ago, everyone was freaking out because we didn't have anybody in the NFL and nobody was doing well in the NFL. You remember that? Yeah, and it was all Broncos' fault. It's all Broncos' Last fault. Last I checked, every, everybody on this list that Chase sent has played for Bronco Mendenhall. And most of them just on saying. the defensive side of the ball where That's he coached. the thing So keep in mind. Some of this is luck, guys, right? You have to – to get to the NFL, you need not only a, a massive amount of skill – but you need to stay healthy, and then you need to get in the right situation, like we saw with Vanoy. He got buried in Detroit and basically was a bust. Then he gets to New England and now uh, Miami, and he's a pro bowler. What happened? Did he change? No, he got better coaches, better system, better situation, right? Um, but like Michael cool. Davis, he did change. Sure, sure. Yeah, but but Taysom, right? If Taysom goes to a different program and doesn't have a coach like Sean Payton who has a vision for how to use him, and they can't figure out what to do with him, and they don't feel like he's a quarterback, he's playing in the CFL. Like, that's right. Yeah, I, I mean, no joke. I mean, you've got you need opportunity, right? Aaron Rodgers ends up at Green Bay. Alex Smith ends up in San Francisco. Was Alex Smith that much worse than Aaron Rodgers? Maybe. But he also had a crappy situation. Rodgers got basically the best kind of situation. Not that different than Mahomes, right? Mahomes gets to come in and Andy Reid is his coach and they already have a bunch of really good players on the team, right? Again, Mahomes is another worldly talent, but um, it's not a bad situation. Uh, Chase's second question is, as a passive UVA fan, I know what can happen when all your offensive playmakers graduate and go pro go from playing Clemson in the ACC championship to the near bottom of the worst division of the ACC. Talk me off the ledge and tell me why BYU will be different next year. Because we're only losing one? Wilson, everyone else is back. Well, okay, maybe two offensive linemen. You're going to lose a couple of offensive linemen. You're going to lose the centerpiece of your defense. No, no, he's talking about offensive playmakers. Forget about defense. Why is the offense not going to be go down the toilet next year? I can't talk you off that ledge. Well, it's not going to be as good without Wilson. But I don't no, think it will not be, be as good. You're still going to have now, a really good offensive line, the same two playmakers on the outside, and the same two running backs. I think you're still a top 30 offense. Now, you're not a top 10 offense anymore. But this year, we would have been stoked to have a top 30 offense, right? If you told me we'd have a top 30 offense in August, I would have thought that was fantastic. I would have stood up and cheered. Yes, we would have all been very happy to have that happen. And all we need all we need is for Gunnar Romney to spend the offseason driving back and forth to California to meet with John Beck. <laughs> I think you mean Baylor Romney. Or are you 
making Gunner the quarterback. All now. we need to do is to have Baylor Romney drive back and forth to California and meet with John Beck. You'll take care of that in post-production. It's Conover. that, Conover's sure. the quarterback next year. And by the really? way, I never correct any of your mistakes. I know. I listen to the show. So maybe it is Conover <laughs> next year. Whoever it is, they should be driving back and forth to Conover. I, I mean, I don't care who it is. All right. Just put him in a car. Gosh darn he's going to come back and play Even quarterback. Beck is... Send the kid to California to talk to John Beck and do some film study with Drew Brees. That's right. Okay? That's all you need to do. All right. Jeremy Ashley. Yeah, but my, the point is, we just, I don't think, I'm not making a decision now on how good either of those guys are going to be in a year. I think what we've learned here is that with a real offseason, somebody can make a real leap. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Jeremy Ashton has a question for us, email. We received my son's flight plans this week for returning from his mission. Congratulations. He will be home at 2 p.m. on January the 1st. What is the likelihood that he will be able to watch BYU's bowl game live after this blowout win over Boise State? Um, We're not watching any bowl games live. Like in person? Yeah, that's not happening. So, guys, stop. Well, I don't know. Where does... doesn't matter where it is. Where does he live? He could be alive. I, I think... Dude, with the way COVID's surging across the country right now, they're going to just shut it down. They're not going to want what happened at Notre Dame. Those stupid Notre Dame fans ruined it for everybody. Yeah, that was pretty you, dumb. And how was Notre Dame not ready to stop that? I, I mean, it's. I get it. I understand why they did it. Um, you know, and it's the school's fault more than it's theirs. But gosh, man, I, I just think they end up playing all these things in front of empty stadiums. And maybe like family, right? Um, but I don't think you'll be watching it in person, Jeremy. You'll be watching on TV. Plus, your kid's getting home from his mission. you got to be there for that. Who's going to pick him up? Well, no. I mean, I, how far are you from the airport? You can make it back in time for kickoff. Let's. I'm trying to pull up a schedule here to see what time these games start. No, you get him an Uber. That's what you do. Get you get it. Well, Uber. the Uber's got to be driven by somebody from the state presidency too before you turn that TV on. Um, this is me. This is me. This is me giving you the stink eye. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let, let's 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 play this back for a second. You don't need him to be released to watch a BYU football game. It's the Lord's University. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if he was watching a U game, yes, absolutely, get him released. Don't want him doing that while right, he's still a missionary. All right. So, uh, on New Year's Day, Birmingham Bowl doesn't count. Citrus Bowl, 1 p.m. Uh, let's see. Um, New Year's Six games. All right. Cotton Bowl, 7.15 p.m. You totally could make a kickoff for the Cotton Bowl. Uh, but what does he say where they, where he's flying home from? He doesn't. He's home at 2 p.m. He'll be home at 2 p.m. So, yeah, we're good. You're good, man. You get you'll probably make the Fiesta Bowl depending on how far you make from the you live from the airport. You get Fiesta. Oh, so he wasn't talking con. like going to see it, was he? I don't think so. Unless yeah. he, I think he would have told us where he was from here. But yeah, I, I, like you. But so you're hoping he's hoping that it's not the Peach Bowl because if it's the Peach Bowl, you're picking him up at halftime. In which case, you should call an Uber. Um, Fiesta Bowl, you're going to be hurrying. But I mean, Rose Bowls at five. But that's a playoff game. That's so a that's playoff game. Happen, All right, so he says, with no BYU game this coming weekend, what team should we be cheering for to win that will increase, increase the likelihood BYU goes to the playoffs or a New Year's Six bowl game? Here's the thing. We need 
um, Cincinnati to lose. Um, can I just go back real quick? Those oh games are all on January 2nd yeah. because the playoff games are on the 1st. So the likelihood's very high. Likelihood's very high. You'll be fine. Um, right. we, need, back to we need Cincinnati to lose. Right? You yes. want Cincinnati to lose. I don't know who they're playing this weekend. Who cares? Um, Florida. We need Florida to lose. We need everybody besides Alabama and the SEC to have two losses. That helps us. Um, you want Ohio State to continue winning. I hate to say that out loud, but I'm going to say it. Um, you want Notre Dame to keep winning, right, at this point? I would have said lose before. Yes, but you want Notre Dame to keep winning. And you need Notre Dame to beat Clemson twice. That will help us with our outside shot at the playoff. I don't know if it helps us with the New Year's Six stuff at all. Uh, is Wisconsin going to actually play this week? I think actually pushing Clemson out of the playoff hurts us with the New Year's Six. What you really want to have happen is you want Notre Dame and Clemson to split so that they both go to the playoff and you don't have an ACC team in a New Year's Six Bowl. Well, I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess those are the scenarios, right? Whether you care about, um, for college football playoffs, them splitting um, is not good for us, right? Uh, for the New Year's Six, it probably is. Uh, and you and I are both, we'll get, we've got a question to this later, so we'll save the playoff discussion to later. All right, well, we're 45 minutes in, and we're like not even halfway through our, our questions, so... We're never going to make it. We are going to make it. You just have to not talk as much. I'm just kidding. I talk way more than you. Um, I may have to not talk as much. Okay, Glenn Lumen on Facebook has this to say. With all the earned attention BYU's received, all the talk is about the Heisman, New Year's Six, and possible playoff opportunities. I think the focus should be on securing a permanent access position similar to Notre Dame. Matt, do you like this thought by Glenn that what Tom Homo should be doing, forget about all this other stuff. Tom Homo needs to be pitching the college football powers that be that we deserve a P5 kind of status as an independent. Because, by the way, if that were to happen, do you even need to join a P5 conference? You don't need to join a P5 conference, which is why the P5 is never going to grant you that access. I don't know. Why not? What it's does a, it? I think it's a fool's. What, what does it hurt the P five? We still have to be ranked high, highly, which this year has been shown. If we stay where we're at, they're going to put us in a near six game because they can't not do it, right? Okay, so let's just let's back up for a minute. Let's look at it this way. Let's just say there's a pot of money, okay? And me, you, and let's use our brother Don. Me, you, and Don get to split that pot of money once a year. Somebody comes to us and says, hey, I would like a shot. It might be a small shot, but a non-zero chance that I can have a some of the money out of your pot every year. I would ask them, "What are, are you doing something to increase the size of the pot? The answer would be no. Um, so what is the advantage of me giving up any access to that pot of money to you why would i give you that i you're it all makes sense but i'll i'll say two things to that the first one is the big 12 
and the Pac-12. What do they bring and what are they adding? Why couldn't the SEC, the ACC, and the Big Ten just do it on their own? Uh, they add so your argument inventory. here is that if you're the SEC or the ACC or the Big Ten, you're like, well, you're not likely to take my slice of the pie. You're going to take the Big 12 or the Pac-12 slice of the pie. So what do I care? I don't care. I don't care if you take it. If you're the fourth team in the playoff, I'm the SEC. I'm always going to have a team in the playoff. I'm the ACC. Well, that may not actually be true going forward. It depends on Clemson's success. And I'm the Big Ten. I'm going to almost always have a team in it. And my team's in the New Year's Six. So if you want to fight with the Big 12 and the Pac-12 for the rest of whatever's left, what do I care? And that's three out of the five yeah. conferences. The second yeah, one but is— even if I'm even if I'm one of those three, I look at that and say I am indifferent to, on some level, maybe a smaller but still a non-zero chance that you edge me out. Still wouldn't vote yes. Okay, F- fair enough. But the second thing is you're pr- you are— assuming rationality on the economics of this when there's lots of evidence that these groups are not rational when it comes to money. And here's what I'll say about this. Most people, when like national writers or even when the local guys talk to national people, most athletic directors and coaches think BYU should be in the P5, right? When they're asked. The answer is... This could be the easy way to just stop with any of these conferences, have to worry about the controversy of adding BYU to the P5, but know that BYU belongs. This is your easy way out. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I think you're right, but I think Glenn's not crazy to say it, and it's not crazy if Tom, with his connections throughout the NCAA, for him to be floating. He probably, I assume, has already done this on several occasions. But this is a good year to go back and make that same argument with some of the conference commissioners and see if you can get something to happen. I think it's not a high likelihood, though. I like the idea, though. All right. Well, 45 minutes in, 50 minutes in, I'm going to say we announced this at halftime of the... uh, But I haven't heard from Johnny. At halftime of the uh, Boise State game that Johnny Ashton is our Patreon winner... And he's got a gift card waiting for him to either the uh, Royal Army brand or the BYU bookstore. Johnny, just email at us, and we'll uh, we'll get you the details to that. So if you guys want for future drawings to be included, go to patreon.com slash rise and shout and support the podcast. Congratulations, Johnny Ashton. He didn't win it the last time, did he? Wasn't that Chase? Didn't Chase win it last time? I feel, I feel like we should have written that down. Hmm. I did this time. How's that? I think Chase won it last time. All right. So the rest of the year, we're going to go through the rest of the tweet bag. These things are about the rest of the year. All right. And we're going to go a little long today because what the heck, we're all excited. We beat Boise State. Shay Smith on Facebook had this question. And I'm going to skip a few questions. Sorry, folks. Uh, Like we had a week ago or two weeks ago when we skipped a bunch. Over under the Cougs adding one additional game to their 10-game schedule. If we add anyone, who should it be and why? Well, um, BYU Sports Nation put out that graphic. You've probably seen it that shows the possibilities uh, of who we could potentially play. And it really comes down to this week, which we're not going to play anybody. November 28th, where Army and Marshall are both open. Uh, 
December 5th when there's a bunch of teams open, uh, and then December 19th. So let's knock out 19th and obviously this week because I don't think we're going to play December um, December 19th game. Right? I, I just I think that's unlikely. So we're really talking about yeah, Thanksgiving right. weekend and December the 5th, and I think the 5th because there's just more teams are there. So over under on 0.5 more games being added to BYU schedule. Under. I'm going to take the under. I think he's trying, uh, Tom Homo, but I just think it's hard to do. Uh, who would you add of those available teams? Uh, so who who are the t- who are the main suspects here? Army, Marshall, um, an Army. We have two shots at it. They're open both uh, Thanksgiving weekend and the next. UCF, Tulane, East Carolina, UMass. I think Liberty's open for one of these. Uh, South Alabama, Arkansas State, Georgia State. Who cares about any of those? So let's call it UMass, Army, SMU, UCF, and Marshall. Who would you want to play out of that group? Out of that group, I'd take SMU. Uh, Because they're currently ranked? Uh, They're currently ranked. I think that's a game that we could win. I don't want to play Cincinnati. I don't want to play Marshall. Yeah, I don't want to play Marshall either. I'd take the Army game. I don't have any bad feelings about the AD saying the thing. No, um, it's just that's it's. But I'm with you. I don't think we get one. Again, there's a lot of questions about whether we should do it. I just I think Tom Holm was trying to add another game. I think the problem is going to be who's going to play us right now. The only people that would be willing to play us is somebody that's looking for a payday, where it's not going to help our resume at all. And you may still take one of those games, right? So on December 5th, somebody like, you know, UMass. You may still, you may have UMass come to Provo and we trounce them, right? Because you want one more game to, you know, stay on the radar, as it were. Would you take a game just to stay on the radar? Uh, you know what? I, if you'd asked me that question a week ago, I think I would have said yes. But if you look at the number of cancellations that are going on, because the teams that you that I'm really worried about when I think about staying on the radar are the teams, the seasons that started late, the Pac-12 yeah. and the Big Ten. But you're seeing those conferences cancel after cancel after cancel. So I don't yeah. know that staying staying in the national consciousness is as big as a de- as big of a deal as we thought it was. Yeah, I agree. I agree. By the way, Cincinnati plays East Carolina this week. I'd forgotten who they're playing. I, I'm not, and they're like one in. Nine. I mean, they're, yeah, they're awful. one and five, and Cincinnati's a twenty-seven and a half point um, underdog. So, I mean, favorite, not underdog. So, yeah, I, I was going to say that's. I think you flipped that. A negative sign. That minus sign really messes you up. By the way, I want USC to lose too. That's another team we want to lose. But basically, we want chaos everywhere. Chaos helps us. Um, yes. Chaos helps us. Um, Steve, Stu, sorry, Steve, sorry, Stu, uh, at CPA underscore Cougar says, I recently recall Matt stating he thought BYU would be a 17-point favorite over Cincinnati on a neutral field. I'd like to hear more on that level of confidence and whether you still feel that way. Don't you feel more that way now, Matt? Actually, I feel like we're a 12-and-a-half-point favorite now. After destroying Um, them or because... Uh, because you just think they're maybe a better team than you gave them credit for. 
they're probably a better team than I gave them credit for. But I look at a couple of things here, right? And I get a little bit into the weeds when I try and think about how good do I believe Cincinnati really is. And, you know, you look at their schedule and that Army win against a ranked team is a big one. Blowing out SMU that's a ranked team is a big one. But you look at SMU, SMU went into overtime against Tulane, right? So I don't know how good any of these teams in that conference actually are. So when I look at that and I think, you know, and, and I look at what's the – What's the, and I'm, you may have this pulled up. I don't. But what are what's what are the what are our scale, schedules relatively ranked? Right. I think on the what is it Sagarin rankings we're like sixty something and they're like eighty something. Yeah. So the level of difficulty on the dive here for us over them is a lot higher, and their margin of winning is a little bit smaller. So I. I think we're probably still two scores up on these guys, um, but I think that a game like that would be very interesting, very heavily contested. That's why I would knock it down to probably a 12-and-a-half, 13-and-a-half type of line. I think but it, I, I still think we beat them by two or three scores. I think it would be 10-and-a-half would be the line, and I would take the over on that. Um, I think the actual score would be more along where you're at. But I think to get action on it, they would need to set it lower because I think it would be hard – for people to take it to, uh, you know, two touchdown when both of them are undefeated. Granted, I get it. We've played a little bit better schedule than they have at this point. But, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's a, it's a good question. By, uh, but I, I would feel very confident we could take Cincinnati. Um, Zach Thornton has this, and it's Cincinnati-related. He says, Matt's opinion being Steeler. Matt's opinion being Steeler. I don't know what that means. If yeah, it came that's down to be an autocorrect issue. Yeah, if it came down to the actual argument that in the college football committee it came down to BYU or Cincinnati as the fourth team in the playoff, whose whose resume wins? Ours does, right? Yeah, and I think I've already I've already kind of I spoiled my answer to this question, but yeah, we win. We we're playing a tougher schedule. If you look at the way that computers analyze these schedules, right? You might not love the names on our list, but I think the consensus agreement is that our schedule is tougher than theirs. Well, here's the other thing. They're not going to – there's a good chance they don't go undefeated. They will not win out. They're going to lose one. They're going to – UCF's going to beat them at home. It's going to be UCF at UCF. Yeah. I don't think they come out of there with And them. then they've got to win a uh, conference championship game too, right? Yeah, they're probably looking at two losses. And even if their schedule was as good as ours with two losses, they wouldn't they they wouldn't win the argument, I believe, in the hotel oh, conference even, room with, with Condoleezza Rice and the rest of the committee. Even one, they're out, right? They're out. No one's going to talk about a team from that conference with one loss. Is she um, still on the committee? I don't know. You just made that up. Uh, there's been a – John Brame says this. There's been a whole lot of cancellations in the major conferences for this week. And although there's no direct impact to BYU, might this impact possible future schedules or resumes of competing college football candidates? Uh, the Pac-12 is toast. They're done. Yeah, Pac-12's host. They they will not be in the playoff. They're going to struggle to have with the right resume to get into New Year's Six Bowl. Like they're going to have to because they have automatic tie-ins. But yeah, they're they're they are a dumpster fire right now. Yeah, as far as and it's just they. This was the argument the SEC made from the beginning. And the, and the ACC. It was very simple. If we don't start early, we're host. Right? And they decided yep. we're going to start early. That way it gives you time uh, to play a full schedule or pretty darn near close. And the Pac-12 and the Big Ten decided not to do that. And it's 
And I mean, if Ohio State loses two games, they're not going either. Even if they didn't do anything. There's no way they're going to put a five-win team in the playoff. You know what I mean? Like, they're not, it's just not yep. going to do that when you got a bunch of teams that played eight, nine, ten games. Um, so they made the choice, and I get why they made the choice, but these are the consequences of it. Uh, but yes, I would say, John, this is going to affect a lot of that stuff. All right, we uh, let's see. We've got like 75 more questions. So this will be the longest podcast ever. All right, Nick Aletto has a question for us. He said, lots of talk about the impact of all the November, December bye weeks on BYU's ranks in postseason. What about Zach Wilson's Heisman bid? Boise State was certainly a Heisman moment, but will he get overshadowed, forgotten as BYU plays so few games over the next six weeks? Hashtag tweet bag, hashtag climb on in. Uh, potentially, but he's was not going to win the Heisman, guys. He's not winning the Heisman. The question is, is yeah. he going to be in enough of the con- uh, conversation to to get an invite and be a top five guy? And I think the answer is yes, because you're going to have a bunch of other cancellations and or injuries. So I think he'll be fine. But yes, it's not great. It's not ideal by any means. But he's already cemented in the minds of most of these people that have votes. Trevor Lawrence is missing a couple of games for COVID protocol. You know, Fields may miss a game or two because they could get canceled. I, I don't think he's going to be the only one with this problem over the next six weeks. So I, I, I just don't know that this problem is going to be as bad as, as we think it is because he is, he has done such a good job of getting himself in front of these people over the la- over the, the first stretch of the season that I, I just don't see. I don't see a. You'd have to have three or four people come out of nowhere to push him out of that top five. Well, and it could happen, and, and that would be the downside of not playing. Um, if some people have these great stretches, but that's life. I mean, that can happen, and, and it's any year. But how? But how often do you get to this point, this place in a season? Uh, granted, the Pac-12 and the and the the Big Ten are just getting started. But I mean, how often does somebody who wasn't already like a preseason contender come in and make a splash at this point? Very right. Rarely. Like, and you'd have to have three or four of those. Yeah, very rarely. And the other part is this season is so weird. I think us using conventional wisdom on how they'll react, I think people are going to look at this in a different way than they ever have before because you're going to have cancellations and all that stuff. All right, Robert Aird on Twitter, he points us to a question that Harrison Collier asked BYU Sports Nation, which is basically this. What happens if the college football playoff gets scheduled and a team in the top four has to pull out because of COVID. Yeah. Yikes. Um, I don't know because he says in here, could you just pull somebody else? Um, you know, number five or number six into the playoff depends on when they're playing their bowl games, right? I think you do. If I'm a team and I get selected for the playoff, you put them in a freaking bubble, man. The couple weeks before that you're on Christmas break anyway. You have these kids to take their finals, and you put them in a bubble, and you lock that thing down. <laughs> yeah, you lock it down, man. Uh, and everybody's in their own room. Everybody's in their own room, and you're spreading out at practice as much as you can conceivably do so that if you have one kid test, you know what I mean? or you t- Well, I guess you just test everybody positive on their way in. But I, I just – not test positive, but you have them test on their way in. Sorry. Sorry, conspiracy theorists. Remove your tinfoil hats. That was just a mistake. <laughs> But, um, uh, yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I, that's probably what I do. And if you're Alabama, somebody's going to write you the check to do it. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's it he brings up a very good point. I just think there are some things that can derail this college football season. It's the same if there's what happens in all the conference championships games. It's the same terrible scenario. Right? If somebody if yeah, the, nobody wants a conference champion determined by COVID. No. Or the third place team gets thrown in there at the last minute. I mean, there's some what if they win? Correct. The third place team gets put in for COVID and then, you know, beats Clemson or whatever. Uh because Trevor Lawrence is out again oh, or yeah, something just crazy. Yes. I, oh jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Jens Linton has this. He says, his, hypothetically, if BYU does make a New Year's Six, how do we avoid playing the G5 winner, Sensi, for example? Seems like when this has happened before, instead of matching the Davids versus Goliaths, they relegate them to a lesser New Year's Six, never knowing their true potential with the big boys. I don't think this has happened that often, but I will tell you this. There is nothing we can do to prevent that. Zero. No. You so just don't you have to take it. your lumps on that. Yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, Justin Whiting says, I'd love to hear more discussion about all top 10 ranked teams, especially ones from Indiana. Hashtag tweetback. Um, no. Next question. P.S. He says, yes. do it soon do before it they get clobbered by Ohio State next week. Actually, you know what? We're running out of time, so we're going to have to talk about this next week. Yep, or never. Do you like apples, Justin Whiting? How do you like apples? <laughs> Mike Barlow off Facebook says, two questions. Do you think the fact that we play only two more games hurts us in the polls? We've talked about this. Guys, who cares about the polls? Polls are irrelevant now. We we The polls serve their purpose. It's all about the committee now. It doesn't matter. Um, and second, would you love would love for you to go over your original schedule? We've talked about this. I'm, we're going to do this after the Big Ten has played more games so that we've got a better feel for those teams. And then we'll go back and look at the original schedule. But I'm not going to do that this week or probably next week. We'll do it at some point. Spoiler alert, it would have been awesome. It would have been awesome. We would not have been undefeated, though. No. Uh, And then Andre Hutchins gets us out with our last question of the day. He says, and that's at AAC underscore Hutchins, Cougar Nation, would you rather, this was a poll question he asked, but then asked us to discuss discuss it. A, beat Utah in the Fiesta Bowl for an undefeated season. B, beat Bama in the playoffs, but lose in the championship game to Ohio State. Matt, is this even a thing? Why would you ever pick A? You have to be like full of spite to pick A. I would, but listen, if I'm if I'm that full of spite about the University of Utah, which I'm not really, I don't believe that I am. Uh, if you're that full of spite for Utah, then you want Utah nowhere near any of these games. You don't even want them on the list. You want to be able to say we went to the Fiesta Bowl or the playoffs, and you guys were at home because you were two in whatever. Right, That's what you want to be able to say, but I don't know that there's ever a scenario where I would choose to not go to the playoffs, beat Bama, and play for a national title, even if you lose. If, that, if you, this, if, is, this is maybe the best it may be, or second best season of all time in BYU football in scenario B. It's the best season. Oh. It's not even close. You beat Alabama, perennial powerhouse Alabama in a college football playoff, and we're... 40 minutes away from a national championship where you don't have to justify it because, well, you didn't beat anybody that year, like 84, right? Where you and didn't. everybody would have to shut their trap about the 2020 schedule if you beat Bama in a playoff game. Yeah, nobody t- ever talks about that again, right? So 
Yes, listen, be, neither of these scenarios are partic particularly realistic. And of course, Andre, I don't think was trying to be. This is more of a thought exercise, right? But if you're picking A, you need some freaking help. Because why would you ever <laughs> pick them? Like, that is insane. You could beat Bama and play for a national championship, right? Like Zach Wilson. Let the hatred, would, let the hatred grow within you. Like, that's what that is. Like you turn to the Sith is. if you you're refusing A. You have turned into a Sith because Zach Wilson would be, he's almost already at not quite Jimmer level. That would push him to Jimmer level if he had a 350-yard game against Bama in the college football playoffs. He'd become God. Jimmer. Oh, my God. He's already Feel the hatred flow through you, Andre. Did you see Kendrick Perkins? Talking about, I mean, no. not even a football guy. Yeah, he's like, he was watching the game and tweeting about how awesome Zach Wilson was. He's an NBA commentator slash former player. I mean, Zach Wilson has become a thing. And that's why I know some people, that's why people are saying, well, it's a shame he doesn't get to play a lot in the last several weeks of the season. And I agree. It would be great if he got more of a chance to stay in that conversation. But in the end, I still think he's a Heisman finalist, and he's a first-round NFL draft pick. So I think it's worked out pretty well for him. And that third yeah. quarter, Matt, we didn't talk about this. That third quarter was one of the best-played quarters of football I have ever watched as a BYU fan. Both sides of the ball. It was pretty good. We made I mean, some pretty sweet halftime adjustments. Absolutely dominated both sides of the ball. Uh, in that third quarter. It was amazing. And Wilson, he just looked like he was a little uncomfortable in the first half. And then in the third quarter, it was like, forget this. I'm going to throw it 40 yards down the field every other play. Well, you know, I think sometimes in a big game like this, like the players might get into their own heads a little bit. Sure. And when they have a chance to just kind of step off the field and take a deep breath, they look at it and they're like, hey, wait a minute. We've been on the field for these guys for two quarters. And like, we know we're a lot better than them. Okay, so let's just go out in the second half and play our, and do our thing. Yeah. And I, I think there was a, something to be said for that, right? Is that this was a big game. They wanted to take these they want to take the opponent seriously. This is a good team that very rarely loses at home and you've got to take it seriously and it took them a after a couple quarters, I think the players started to realize that they were just bigger stronger than Boise State was. And then there was a little bit of blood in the water with the quarterback situation. So um, and I, I think that's those things plus some great adjustments on the defensive side of the football and on offense, frankly, that were made at halftime that yeah. made for that third quarter. I agree. I agree. Well, Matt, this has been fun. We'll talk some hoops next week. We'll talk, of course, more football. And we'll talk about whatever you guys. Man, this was a massive amount of tweet bag questions. So we appreciate and always love to answer your questions. And there's, I mean, we just beat Boise State. So I think it's okay to have a 70-minute podcast, right? We beat Boise State in Boise. Destroyed Boise's them. not even a state. And and how about this? We didn't even talk about any of the game stuff. How, how did you feel about uh, the onside kick? <laughs> oh, I love it. Love it. Well, you, I have no problem with them doing that. I saw some people on Twitter like, what are they no, doing? They have to. Well, why not? Why, why give up? They have to do it. And then that they results... And Zach Wilson staying in the game for another drive and getting another touchdown. Fantastic. And I know, and there was a one touchdown that they didn't give to him originally, but then they adjusted the stat after looking back at a couple of days later. 
Yeah, which it totally um, was. It a was forward in pass. fact a forward pass, and yeah. it was a at it it was pretty clearly a forward forward pass so it should be a passing touchdown which is good for both of them and the other thing is did you watch the clemson notre dame game yes that was amazing football we've hardly talked because byu's been so good this year we've hardly talked about other teams uh that was and whenever i hear someone say with trevor lawrence was playing um did trevor lawrence would he have stopped all those points yeah i don't i think that that game is just as close if trevor lawrence is in it I think and, they win it Notre if Dame Trevor probably Lawrence. still wins. I think Trevor I Lawrence know. wins that game for them at the end. But, Maybe. But I will say this. That DJ guy, and I, I'm not going to say his last name because I'll butcher it, played really, really well. Right? They didn't, they didn't have a problem with quarterback play. They had a problem stopping an offense that struggled a couple weeks before to score points. Yeah. So, but... I was just going to say that's two of the top – that's two of the four best teams in the oh. country. Oh, yeah. Notre Dame's defense is solid. It's mm-hmm. really good. Like that's a team I think could give BYU's offense a lot of fits. Like if I had to choose today, I have to put both those teams in the playoff. You like would? I, I, don't, I, who, I don't know who else I'm going to put in there. I'm not putting I – I don't have two SEC teams going in. Not I don't have anybody from the Pac-12 or the Big 12. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I'm I'm taking both those two teams. Indiana. <laughs> Just kidding. Barf. Indiana. They're not. Gonna, they're not. Uh, they're going to lose two games, at least. Um, yeah. Anyway. Well, thanks everybody Indiana. for downloading and listening. We'll be back next week, probably on our usually usually scheduled night. We will not be pre- previewing North Alabama. We'll just be talking about other stuff, right? We might get to hoops for once. We might get to hoops. Maybe women's hoops if somebody responds to your request. There's some exciting stuff with women's hoops to talk about. We got people coming we got people coming back. I think we've got a good team. Everybody thank you for downloading and listening and we will catch you next time. Go Cougars. <laughs>